It is Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by Fubo. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well, as we have officially wrapped up the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Woo! Everybody take a deep breath. That was a fun few weeks, wasn't it? It was incredible. It gave us tons of storylines, tons of great games. Uh, even last night, I felt like last night wasn't as like back and forth, obviously, but we got the yeah. moment we wanted. Uh, it, just incredible baseball. I, I have so many thoughts on it. I can't wait to kind of pick your brain on today's episode as well. Yeah. A uh, quick reminder that baseball today is presented to you by Fubo TV. If you're looking for an awesome way to stream all your team's games this upcoming season, which starts next week, don't worry, Fubo has you covered. Fubo is a streaming service with more than 200 live channels of sports, movies, shows, news, Fox, FS1, FS2, which we all enjoyed the games, World Baseball Classic-wise. They got ESPN for your weekly and then Sunday night baseball. So visit FuboTV.com slash baseball today to see which channels are in your lineup. Also get 15% off your first month as well. And a quick reminder, get your Fubo TV question of the week in by Thursday night so we can read the best one on Friday's show. You'll become famous and you'll get some baseball today swag. So get those questions in. Thank you. As for the World Baseball Championship, it came down to teammates, Shohei on the mound, Trout in the box, one run game in the ninth inning, and we got some magic. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out. Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world. He won round one. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, you can't take anything away from it. Just to be able to come out of the bullpen, you know, it's showtime. So it's, uh, you know, hats off to them guys over there. It was a tough, tough night for us, but uh, we'll be back. So Shohei wins the World Baseball Classic Tournament MVP. Is it possible that his star shot up even higher over the last several weeks? I think everyone that watched the WBC and watched Shohei perform now kind of has uh, the same mindset as people that have watched him day in and day out. This guy's the greatest baseball player that's ever lived. I don't know how you can say otherwise. The ability that he has on the field. Now, you can say other guys have had better careers than him because they played longer, there's more numbers there. Sure, you can say that still. I'm okay with that. But you can't sit here and tell me that there's ever been a more talented baseball player to walk the face of the earth. It's incredible. Watching him run the bases, watching him hit balls 114 miles an hour and then come in and blow cheese right by the best hitter on the planet. Like this is, I know that we, we say this stuff all the time, but it, it's worth reminding people that what we're watching here is special. And there won't be another Shohei just coming along because Shohei magically opened the doors to two-way superstar. That is not the case. What this guy's doing is special. He's a special player. And I just, I want people to realize you need to go see this guy play. It's, it's that incredible. It's like must-see. And like he's in the conversation for best athlete on the planet right now. He's certainly the greatest baseball player that's ever walked. Right now, on the face of the earth, he's one of the best athletes, period. So, I mean, it's – I know what happened social media with him, and he's, he's, he's getting the recognition that he deserves now, basically. 
So the answer is yes. I think what it did for the somewhat fringy fan or people that don't tune into Angels baseball more than a handful of times a year and just see clips of him, truly appreciate what he is all about. Because I have said it before on the show, and I will say it again. It is the equivalent of Patrick Mahomes leading the league in touchdown passes while getting double-digit sacks. It is like Messi scoring on a penalty kick, but then moving into goal and saving it against France. Like, this is what we were seeing. And if you don't understand that, and if you don't appreciate it, then I don't know why you're watching sports. It's that simple. We love what he's about. He handles it beautifully. Everything about him is A++ to the nth degree. And I can't wait to see if the contract figure starts with a five or a six, because I can't put a number on it anymore. I think he has become also the Tiger Woods of this sport. Tiger, when he would show up for tournaments, would change the television trajectory every week. And every single one of those damn guys on the PGA Tour should go up and kiss Tiger's ass because he changed the purse every week when he would show up. And I think that Shohei has the ability, depending on where he ends up after this season, if it's outside of Anaheim, to do that for a franchise as well. Yeah, I mean, look, drop the Shohei kicks right now. This guy's big enough to have his own shoe, and I think it would do incredible. I mean, that's the kind of athlete we're talking about here. And not let's not forget, like, this isn't him just pitching and hitting. Like, he came out of the bullpen last night, Chris. Like, he just, he doesn't do that. He hasn't done that since when? They said, like, 2016 or something like that? Yeah, it was 2016. But, Trev, he went down to the bullpen, had to come back and hit. Yeah, I know. Back, warmed, I mean, it, it's nobody does this. This guy, like, this guy is, he needs another level. He's surpassed Major League Baseball in, as far as talent. He went in last night, again, in relief. He doesn't do that, people, okay? And he went through, walked Jeff McNeil on a very close pitch. Then he got Mookie Betts to ground into a double play. And then he just toyed with Mike Trout, throwing two fastballs right by him. And you know what? Ballsy pitch, 3-2, but I think he could have went anywhere. I, I mean, I, I know that Mike Trout is going to get Shohei eventually because they are going to face each other most likely a bunch. Uh, but last night, that was he was playing cat and mouse right there. It was awesome. I think it was Codify who put out, and I'm, I apologize if I didn't credit the right person to, to do this. That is only the 24th time in Trout's career where he swung and missed in a, three times in a single at bat. You got to hand it to like Trout. Like, like I love Shohei, but let's also give a little bit of credit to Trout. He was on those pitches, and even that last pitch, like the ability to like be on that, that ball. I mean, I would have been so far in front of that, I would have screwed myself in the ground and fallen over. Mike Trout took a very balanced swing at an absolutely yeah. filthy pitch. So, like, I expect this matchup to like provide many, many awesome moments going forward. Uh, but last night, Otani just there, there was no chance. So it was a blast. For us baseball fans, I would say most people certainly enjoyed it. There's still a few haters out there. I don't think they have uh, much of a bridge to stand on and yell at the top of their lungs that this is a horrible, horrible idea. Regardless, is there any way that MLB can capitalize on what we have seen over the last several weeks? I, I guess. There's a few different ways. Uh, one, let's get some of these dudes from Japan over here, which I think will happen. Uh, I, I want to see Murakami come over. That, I mean, first pitch just absolutely belting one into the stands that really put the u.s on notice right there 
Also, yep. another easy thing we can do, Chris, and we already do this uh, for the uh, minor league all-star game. Let's do world versus the U.S. in, uh, in the all-star game. I mean, it's, it's I told a fraction. You that. A bunch yeah, of times. A, yeah, it's a fraction of what we see in the WBC, but that's an easy, you know, another way to capitalize on, on like the global game. I think that'd be easy to do. We could do a draft, whatever it needs to be, but I think that's something we should do because we already ALNL is not, um, you know, unique anymore. We get that all throughout the season. So let's change it now to a world versus us. I would say that, would you want to see this competition every other year, every year? Are you good with every three? I think it's every four now, which is, or is it every three? Well, I think now? The ne- Cause I think I thought I heard Manfred say 2026 is the next one. I did too, but I keep going, I keep going back and forth. I heard they changed it to four years. I hope it's every three years. I think that's the best number. I think every two years is a little too much. Every four years, is a little too long. Three. It's just right. Okay. There's really not much of a way to capitalize it. I, I do think that the rules, I think the pitch clock will help. Obviously we know speed up the game, hopefully deliver more action. Those new set of rules. That's what's most important. I think what we saw over the last several weeks, we won't see the tangible changes on the field. It could be up to a decade or a decade and a half, to be honest with you. Because if there are people around the world that are seeing what Shohei is about, and not that there's another one of those out there, but if it adds to the global excitement of the sport, it's going to take a while, right? The grassroots effort, you can't plant it and have a tree show up in three months. It's just not the way things work. So I don't know if we can capitalize on it, because in another three weeks, we're still going to have a day game where it's, you know, the Mariners taking on the A's on a Wednesday afternoon, and there's going to be 3,000 fans in Oakland. That's just, that's just the way it goes. So we're not, we're not going to be able to duplicate the same sort of excitement we saw. But I do think that we just enjoy what we saw for the three weeks, dare to dream big, and it was freaking awesome. It was awesome. And I think more tournaments like this will get more people involved in the game in Europe. We have programs that are out there already, but like for this to truly become a global game, you know, we need, we need Europe to kind of catch on and start loving baseball. And I think like this particular tournament could really, really help that. I mean, everyone, everybody over there is, is, is talking about Shohei too. I guarantee it right now. He's on the front page of a lot of different publications. All right, uh, so we are also going to be starting today our trip through the six divisions. So we're going to ask a question about each team. Today we're going to have to speed it up a little bit, but I, I, you know, over the next 15 to 20 minutes or so, we can handle this. So don't feel, I don't want you to feel rushed here, Ploof, okay? You already got me feeling rushed. No, 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 not at all. Uh, we are going to start in the National League Central because to me that was the least interesting division. So I figure... If there was a division that deserved a time crunch today, it's a National League Central. So I apologize to all you fans of the Central, but let's get it going. With the Cardinals, who have made it to the playoffs four straight years, but in the last three, they have not advanced past their first round. Is this team a true NL pennant contender or just the best team in a really mediocre division? I think they're a true NL contender. If you look at up and down the roster, there's not many holes. I think maybe you'd want like a, a true ace at the top, but they have some guys that could step up and be that. My guy, Jay Flair, let's go. Uh, but when you look around the diamond, they're absolutely stacked. I mean, it's, I think in my opinion, I think this is the best infield in all of baseball. Uh, I think you can make a case for the Houston Astros, but without Altuve, that's a little bit different story uh, to start the year. But 
you know, if you're talking about the guys in the corners, we know them, Arenado and Goldschmidt, they're going to do it. Then Edmund and Donovan up the middle, very underrated duo. So I think the floor for this team is very, very high. And they're going to get into the playoffs. I, I, I do believe that. So I don't think they're just in a bad division and, and, and beating up on those teams. I think that they have a very, very solid roster. And if Jordan Walker can be what people think he can be, I think he's the guy that can take them to the next level. Yeah, I think the question is, where does he play? You know, he's 20 Some, years yeah, old. I know, they have too many players. I know. And, and this is a problem that we've talked about with them in recent years. I would agree with you. I I was disappointed how it they kind of whimpered out against the Phillies last year. They had that those bullpen issues in one of those games. You see, they, they seemingly have everything. I would agree with you. Yeah. Maybe they don't have the dude at the top because Flaherty's been bothered by those injuries in recent years because he, his trajectory had him certainly climbing that mountaintop at one point in his career. Maybe he'll get back. I certainly, I know the two of us are hoping that will happen. They have power arms out of the bullpen from both sides, by the way. Um, maybe I expect a little bit more out of some of their outfielders. You know, Tyler O'Neill. I remember on this show last year, we asked the question, give me a sneaky MVP candidate. And I went with him and he was horrible. He was bad when he was on the field. He wasn't on it as much as he should have been because of injuries. I don't know if he gets a chance to bounce back with them or not. But, uh, yeah, this is a team that can stack up with anybody in the National League. I don't see why not. Yeah. First time since 2017, the Milwaukee Brewers missed out on the postseason party. What do they have to show you early on that they are October ready yet again? I think a lot of these ifs need to come to fruition. You know, if Christian Yelich can kind of not even return to form, just put the ball in the air a little bit more. He had a, a huge ground ball rate last year. Some of the peripherals are really good. He was hitting the ball hard. I think if he starts to lift the ball a little bit more this year, that's going to help out. Jesse Winker, come back, man. Like be the offensive threat that we all know you can be. Look at the numbers on Jesse Winker. I want everyone to go check his baseball reference page out. They're there. I think he's going to be good. This is another team I think has a really high floor. Uh, so some of the young guys, they're, they're banking on a few young guys to come up and make an impact. If that happens, if Yelly hits the ball in the air, if Winker kind of comes back, I like this team a lot, Chris. They are an awful lot of an if team. Uh, some of it starts in the bullpen, to be honest with you, because going into last year, we knew how they set up at the end of games, right? Boxberger, Williams, Hader. Well, two thirds of that group, they're long gone. So there are some guys who are going to move into new roles and we know what that can always mean for people. Uh, I don't think that team ever got over the hater trade. I still replay the Devin Williams soundbite in my mind where yeah. he said, I want to win. That's what I'm about. I want to win. So I don't think they ever got rid of that jarring feeling. And I think that Craig council said as much, he joined me on the Rose rotation at the baseball winter meetings. And he said, yeah, it did have, it did have quite an effect on us and we just didn't have the capabilities of getting past that but you mentioned guys like Yelly he's got to start playing like a 200 million dollar player he has to bounce back or this small market team is not going to be able to get back to October um there's other guys that you didn't mention Brian Anderson is a guy who put up solid numbers in Miami and then they were like yeah we're not going to give you a contract so he's getting a rebirth of sorts uh you know William Contreras, can he be an everyday backstop? It's one thing to have Travis Darno down there 
in Atlanta handling the pitching staff and you'll come in and smooth over the edges? Can you be the guy every day that works with a really talented starting rotation? Because if they're going to win, they're going to need those three horses up top to deliver. I'm, I have a lot of questions about them. I'm not as gung-ho about the Brewers as I have been in recent years. Fair enough. I think you're allowed to be. I mean, with kind of like the lack of the offseason, uh, well, free agent signs, they made some trades and brought some people yeah. in. I think that this is, a, this is a team that we always say, like, they have a pretty good team. One big move at the trade deadline can solve it, and, and we expect them to do that. Last year, they went the opposite way. So, again, I think this team at the trade deadline is going to have to make some adjustments and they could bring some people in to really, you know, put them on that path that they can, you know, be a true NL contender. And I think they will this year. I mean, I hope they will. I hope so, too. They're a fun team. I root for that city. I love council. Um, you know, this this little run that they've been on, let's remember, they had never been to the playoffs in back-to-back years before they started this run of four in a row. And I just hope that that window hasn't shut with the starting rotation because they're going to have to make some big decisions if they feel like it's not it's not right. They got a couple guys, and in particular, Corbin Burns, who could turn over a farm system that's been eh in recent years. Uh, Cubs made some very interesting free agent signings in the past two off seasons. Which storyline is most interesting for you to watch in 2023 in terms of the free agent dudes? They have so many, dude. I mean, there's so many to choose from. I think everyone's got their eyes on belly. Like, can this guy return to form? Is the change of scenery going to do him well? How's Dan's beginning to react to playing in a new city? Is he going to be like the leader and the, and the, and the face of that team? Like, we think he can be. Is Jamison Tyone going to step up and, and help uh, lead a rotation that has some question marks? I think for me, though, I think belly's the guy. Like I want to, I want to see, I always love when someone leaves one organization that they've been with the entire time and goes to a new one, especially after some down years, like Yelly is, or excuse me, like belly, Yelly and belly, like belly has had. I want to see if there's any adjustments there. If any hitting coaches have gotten into his year and what adjustments he's going to be able to make throughout the season, because I believe if he is an offensive threat, then this, this Cubs team has a real shot of being in the playoffs this year. I like all the moves that they've made. So I think collectively as a whole, we're looking at all of these moves, Uh, But for me, Belly, I think, is the biggest wild card here that can really make or break their season. I think they had the most interesting offseason of any team out there, to be honest with you. Pardon a lot of guys. I don't think it was I don't think it was the best offseason. I I say the most interesting because you have guys littered all over the field who have had very productive careers at times. Uh, Belly is certainly the most interesting one. If you're just going over the numbers. In his MVP season of 2019, he hit 47 bombs. He has had over 1,000 at-bats since then and has had 41. Yes. His OPS plus dipped from a high of 167 that year in 2019 to 112 to 44 to 78. That's not below average. That's like below heartbeat. That's just, it's not good enough. And so he is at a crossroads in his career. Is he just going to be all defense guy who can really run on the bases? Or is he going to turn into a viable offensive threat who can hit higher than seventh in an order? Because he just became kind of a, he was an afterthought offensively in Los Angeles the last two years. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean, look, this guy is healthy now. Like remember the shoulder thing he's been going through. So he's been saying he's I know, healthy. But we heard that last that- year. We heard that last year too, that it was the first time that he didn't have to deal with the injury in the off season. Well, you know what? Let's hope it's changed this year. And I have to mention my guy. People are gonna be mad that I mentioned this guy, Edwin Rios though. I don't even know if he's going to be on, on the opening day roster. I'm not sure. Uh, if this guy gets consistent playing time, you know, I love this guy. I, I just watching him hit is always like, I always watch when he's at bat and I like his swing. So he's got to make some adjustments, give him everyday playing time. I think a guy like that could flourish. Uh, I will mention Seiya Suzuki too. He's really kind of drifted to the background for some That's reason. That's true. That is, well, he didn't play, you know? well, he was hurt a lot last year. So he was, but he still uh, he still got 400 at bats last okay. year. That's right. I know because it didn't feel like it. He still hit 14 bombs. He had a 770 OPS. He ran a little bit. He's still really intriguing. And I give guys who come over um, from a place like the Far East a wash in their first year. I think it is a tough, tough adjustment. It can be very lonely at times. Uh, and I expect, just like in the NFL, you always hear that wide receivers make a big leap from year one to year two. It wouldn't shock me if he has like an 830 OPS and hits 25 bombs yeah. as long as he's healthy. So the, the, the way we were guy. talking about him before last season, I mean, that's what we were kind of expecting. We saw him come out and, right. and he has the potential to do that for sure. And of course, he's already banged up, right? He's already got the oblique, I think is what it is with him. Stuff. So let's see. Moving on to the fourth place Pittsburgh Pirates. Is this the is the year in Pittsburgh only about O'Neill Cruz showing us if he can turn into a full fledged superstar? I, I don't think so. I think that the Pirates, you know, with who they have coming up, some of the prospects that they're looking towards, and some of the young guys on this team, I think we're looking at the beginning of a Pirates resurgence or a window. Uh, there's some there's some exciting players. They brought in a bunch of veterans, so you kind of know some guys on the team. Um, but then they have the young guys, you know, they have, you know, O'Neill, we know about Key Brian, we know about Bednar, but there's guys like Andy Rodriguez, uh, who I think is optioned down. He's, he's not going to be there on opening day, the option last week, but I believe, you know, during this season, this guy's going to come up and hit for them. Uh, Luis Ortiz has been in the, in the WBC. You watched him throw, he's got power stuff. So like, I, I think there's going to be some guys coming up this year, uh, that are different than the names that we know. Uh, but that are going to be the beginning of, you know, I guess what you can call a Pirates resurgence. I'm excited to watch them. I think they're going to be a a more serviceable baseball team than people think. We've mentioned this several times, that at least it's finally a lineup that trots out there and we go, well, we've heard of it all. That's that's been different than recent years past. Uh, Yes, the O'Neill Cruz watches officially on. He does some amazing things and puts up some numbers metrically that are just off the charts great whether he's hitting the ball with authority running the bases at top speed or throwing it from shortstop but to me that's not where this team is going to turn the corner it is on the hill and it's very simple who is a part of this rotation moving forward it's not rich hill it's not vince velasquez with all due respect those guys hill in particular can be kind of the sage there and hand out the advice but is Mitch Keller a guy who has turned the corner? Uh, JT Brubaker, what are you? Um, Quinn Priester, he's the top pitching prospect in their organization that is at the upper levels of uh, minor league baseball. Is he going to finally get a shot? Because if they get it, like 
when, when they finally got back in the playoffs, Garrett Cole was leading that troop. You know, that's who was doing it. They weren't bringing in big name free agents on the mound. They were, there were some homegrown guys that ended up getting it done for them. Yeah, like there, there's guys coming up. I didn't even mention Ronzi Contreras, who he pitched for the, the yeah, Dominican as well. He, he looks interesting. So I would like to have guys coming. I, I think that when you mix that with some of the veterans they brought in, I, I just love that mixture. I mean, that's to me, that's like you're you're planning for not this year, uh, you know, next year, year after that. Like you're getting these guys experience with guys that know what they're talking about, how to be big leaguers. I'll talk about that. The veteran presence means a lot. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to the Pirates being, you know, like, a team again, man, not, a team that we talk about and we don't just like, and yeah, that's not a pushover. We don't laugh at that. And like, you know, and just talk about one player. Like, I think this is going to be a team and it's going to be one very soon. What's a, uh, what's a good season for them? 75 wins. I think they would take that. I don't, I don't know what they're, they're, they're projected at right now. We did the TVPs, but theirs was very early because our fans voted them very, uh, poorly Low. but uh yeah man pushing somewhere up there around 500 i think would be just a mo- like a huge season for them so i would say yeah right around there top 70s let's move on to the uh seller dwellers the cincinnati reds what is your confidence level that hunter green and nick lodolo can become the next great homegrown one-two punch in a starting rotation uh if you watch these guys pitch especially towards the end of the season i think you could be pretty confident in that uh you know i know i know hunter more than i know lodolo he grew up uh, in the area around me and he's a guy that's going to figure it out he had a really good run last year at the end of the year he works hard enough he's smart enough he has clearly has the stuff uh to be a guy and then i think lodolo gets kind of like you know put on the back burner because you have hunter green throwing all these pitches over 100 miles an hour but these two guys yeah this is what you need you know we talked about the pirates becoming a team that's not a pushover again you know, the Reds have had just a weird, like, three or four years here. Uh, but if you're a fan, you can get excited about these two guys. Yeah, um, I think they're both top 10 picks. I know that Hunter Green went second, and I'm pretty sure Lodolo went maybe eight or something like that. Last year, you mentioned that late in the season, they both pitched really, really well. Now, Green was a little banged up, so he missed some time. But in his last six starts, he didn't give up an earned run in four. Nasty. Also had, yeah, also had 51 strikeouts uh, during those six starts. Lodolo, his last nine starts, in seven of them, he went at least into the sixth, which is pretty good. His ERA over that time, three. So, yeah, I mean, once again, as I just mentioned with the Pirates, like, who are your pitchers? In Cincinnati, we know who the guys are going to be if they bounce back as a franchise at the top of this thing. It's got to be these two guys. It's that simple. They have stripped down this franchise to virtually Joey Votto and Jonathan India. And that's kind of it. Does, does right? Hunter Green's fastball get banged around a little bit? I know he throws it hard. I, too, I think it does. Too much for a guy who throws that hard. So to me, that's just, you know, that's location and, and, you know, maybe he adds, you know, something to go off of that. But again, I think that he has, he's a heady dude. So you, he's going to be looking at all the information and making the adjustments the way he needs to be that Notre Dame education. Isn't that one of your rivals? Yeah. Valley boy though, man. I root for all those guys. Okay. All right. What else we got coming up on John boy media? 
everything baseball season's here man um we're recording talking baseball after this they had a little uh, something going on at the offices so we'll do our wbc wrap up with talking baseball right after this as well okay that'll be fun for you what you got uh latest episode of the rose rotation is out tyler glass now always great always entertaining always comical always insightful he is out and then we just taped one uh with uh, vinnie pasquantino the pasquatch had a nice little surprise for him, which I thought went over pretty well. Um, we talked about his WBC experience playing for Team Italy over in Taiwan and then in Japan. He st- still can't believe it. Uh, he kind of t- peels back the curtain a little bit, takes us into that whole thing. And he's and we spent a lot of time talking about his beloved New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. It was very funny. Okay. Very funny. Is that ever going to happen? What? You're an NFL guy. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. They're yeah. just working out compensation. That's all. It'll be done it'll be done before the draft. Because okay. I think the, the Packers want to pick this year. So that's what I'm gonna say. All right, we are back five days a week, which means we will be working on Thursday. I haven't decided which division we're gonna break down. It'll be one of either the National League West or the National League East. And a few other stories as well, which are always fun and entertaining. So don't forget to get your Fubo TV question of the weekend. Okay. Got to be in by Thursday night. Make them good. Let's go. I know people are kind of sleepwalking through the first few days of the week. Today is the day we got to get it in. Get some baseball today swag and get famous. Thank you. For our one of a kind producer, the always interesting Dan Rohr and Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on baseball today.